everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk About Thrones, House of the Dragon edition. Uh, this episode that we are talking about today and spoiling the living dragons out of is called um, Second of His Name, uh, which takes on uh, meaning uh, it's all about second sons and their lack of things to do that are productive. And so they just get into trouble. Uh, okay. Uh, as always, I am joined by, uh, Anthony Lemos. I insist upon using his real name because I have to. Uh, uh, and Richard Gunther, uh, who always uses his real name because it's so elegant. Um, hello, (laughs) gentlemen. Welcome. I'm Jenny Josephson and we are just going to, um, get so thronesy. This is the episode, by the way, that finally convinced me to insist that Matt watched this show. Mm-hmm. The first two, I was like, this show's good and I like it, but I don't think I would force someone to watch this show if they weren't inclined to. And this is the episode where I was like, no, they should watch. They should watch. How about oh, you? Wow. Wow. Um, th- this episode was, uh, I- I- it is a longer episode than the, than the previous two and it had less going on, but more character development. And I thought that was an interesting you know, less action, but more character development. It was, it was interesting. I, I liked it a lot. You thought it was less action? There was a battle of the bastards, yeah, like a mini battle of the bastards. What are you talking about? think less. I thought plenty of action. I thought they did a good job of mixing the two. And also, we could have called this episode three, year three, mm-hmm. because yeah. we've skipped... Another three years. Yep. A thing I really like, by the way, I do like big time skips because I've already seen, ooh, is she pregnant? Ooh, she's pregnant. Ooh, is it going to be a boy? Ooh, everybody's mad at each other. I've first seen that in a hundred different shows. So it was very wise of them to skip ahead to the moment that that first really began to matter. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, I, I do want to mention the, the intro real quick. They have done what they did with the Game of Thrones main series in that they modified the introduction just slightly, this time to include the Hightower as one of the bloodlines, uh, because Alicent Hightower now has a child and, um, is, the, she has the, the bloodline running to her from, uh, from the king. And a bloodline running down. And it'll be interesting to see if this second child is born and makes it, if that bloodline then splits. But they are evolving the introduction, the whole uh, uh, intro to the to the episodes, which I find fascinating. And of course, as we know, you don't matter unless you have born royal fruit. So now she matters. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that kind of leads the entire episode, right? Because we start talking about Aegon uh, Targaryen who at this point isn't second of his name, but is introduced as such when they arrive at the carnival. Yeah. Now, by the way, just to be clear, this is not Master Aemon that we know of from the Night's Watch. No. Right? Okay. He's another generation. Yes. So he's not that old. He's not 170. No. No. Okay. I got really excited for a second, and then I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. No. This um, this might be the egg in Dunkin' Egg, but I'm not sure. I'm sure Kent will email oh. us and tell, tell me that I'm wrong. Dunkin' Egg. Um, okay, so this episode for me was, who's being a dick and who's right? Uh, <laughs> that's how I framed this episode. Who's being a dick 
and who's right. And those <laughs> there were Venn diagrams where they overlapped, right? You're right. Like, uh, uh, Rhaenyra was definitely being a dick, but she wasn't wrong, right? But she was kind of being 17. So I get it. Um, I thought Allison Hightower was for Allison uh, Targaryen. Hightower Targaryen was um, of everyone pretty still liked and reasonable and try to make everything work. And uh, I I enjoyed uh, watching her grow into a mature woman who's already had a baby and has another one on the way. Obviously that all worked out because there's a little boy named Aegon. And uh, you know, the kingdom seems uh, they're intent on ignoring the stepstones the battle in the Stepstones, which has been raging for three years. Mm-hmm. And not going very well. No, because it's just a, a ragtag army and Damon Targaryen is not being a grown-up strategist. He's just roasting things. Right. Yeah. And this is like the longest crab feast ever, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we see yet another person kind of opening the the sequence. We see yet another person getting fed to the crabs. And we just think, oh, it's tomorrow. But no, this has been going on for years now. Yep. And the scene, you don't know if this scene is from previous or if it's like, if it just, it happens sometime during those three years. That's all we really know. We don't know exactly if it's like the night before the feast that we cut to next or not. But it's just kind of indicative of how that three years is gone. He comes in with the dragons, they flee to the caves, they shoot arrows, he flies away. You know, that's this, that his three years in a nutshell. Um, it was interesting to see that there are a lot more people on the, in the crab feeding areas. Before it was, a, there was a lot of sticks sticking out of the ground, but not a lot of people. Now, when they show this scene, there's tons of people stuck to the ground down there. Gross. So, yeah. And, and, uh, and he doesn't care. He flies his dragon down and, squashes old boy that was calling his name like he doesn't he he's not there for the people he's there for himself so uh we finally learned a name of the crab dude kragas drehar yeah, prince kragas drehar prince tragus drehar uh i don't know oh he's murish yep and it looks like he has the yucky yucky disease that jorah mormont had which is a change from the from the books. In the books, they didn't. They, mm-hmm. Well, the, in the books, they never mention it. But in the show, they're pretty pretty explicitly showing the grayscale. Um, is pretty advanced because all along his face and and everything else. So, mm-hmm. interesting. I, I completely forgot about that and just came to the conclusion that he had been burned at one point in time, and he was covering. Parts of his burns. I mm. didn't realize that was grayscale. Uh, someone did cool. mention that uh, his mask is reminiscent of the Knights of the Harpy, mm-hmm. or the Soldiers of the Harpy, or whatever they were called. So, yeah, they're you know it's it's nice to see these little things woven in, um, and uh, obviously, like this is a guy with nothing to lose, right? Um, because he has grayscale, he knows what the outcome is going to be. And it's interesting, like, uh, watching him and his strategy versus Damon not having one and Corliss having one, but not being able to execute it. And everybody's kind of in trouble. And the whole thing is just kind of a gross mess, right? Meanwhile, in the God's Woods, you've got Millie, sorry, uh, Rhaenyra, um, and Alicent 
there uh allison keeps making overtures and millie is like no thank you rhaenyra uh is making now you called her millie and i can't uncall her that (laughs) Um, but uh yeah they're they're having a little bit of a battle of wills uh and and i would say that you know uh uh, neither is Rhaenyra playing the best strategic game, nor is she. She's still a child. She's playing child games, right? And this was very much a coming of age uh, episode where everybody who was being a little bit of a brat uh, got their brattiness out of their system and is going to become more dangerous. Sure. But imagine that this is the end of year three of her being a brat. Yeah. And so I, I – I thought that said a lot of Allison's character and how they showed her as the soft voice. She was continuing to try to reach out. She was continuing to try to be a peacemaker. Um, She was continually making decisions that made that, that were against advice being given her Mm -hmm. But what she believes, apparently, is right. Yeah. And something about Rhaenyra, this is three years on. Remember when we last saw her three years ago, last episode, last week for us, she was defiant and she was making her own decisions. She flew her dragon out to Dragonstone. You know, she was like kind of doing her own thing. And now here it is three years later. And I don't get the sense that she's necessarily bratty so much as beaten. Like she hasn't gotten anywhere with with trying to take you know take a stand and be her own woman and and hold some sort of charge, she's you know kind of That's resigned fair. at this point that you know what I'm just going to learn everything I can because they won't let me make any decisions anyway, and you know you see that in in the king he's he's saying you know you should be you should take more part and then you can see in her face she's just resigned like nobody's here for me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody's nobody's trying to listen to me or anything else. I'm just a pawn. I'm just here. There's nothing I can do until until you die, and by then it'll be it'll be crazy. So yeah. Um. So yeah. So those two are going along, and then you've got um, Viserys, uh, who has gotten the son that he wants. Cute little blonde kid. Um, he should be happy. He is clearly aged significantly. Um, in the last th- two years, really, it's been two or three years. Like yeah. he has aged. No his his hairline is falling back and everything else. Yeah, yeah, which is a good way to show him. Um, he's clearly annoyed with everybody except his nice wife, and his wife is very subtle. By the way, Allison Hightower, very subtle. She never does exactly what someone tells her to do, but she sort of takes the spirit of it and works on you know her own influence. Like she mm-hmm. clearly has a lot of power and she isn't about to give it up uh, just because her dad wants her to do something. It's a very, I wouldn't want to be in her position. Mm-hmm. I think it's what I'm trying to say. No, no um, and triple I, I, again, I think she's handling it gracefully with, with yeah. great grace, surprising. Well, in my mind, surprising of a woman of her age, which is probably also, Around like between seventeen and twenty, somewhere yeah. in there. I, yeah, I believe in canon. She's a year older than Rhaenyra, so it'd make her yeah. eighteen at this point. Um. So yeah. So she's showing a lot of maturity, and uh, 
then uh, they go on this hunt, which, as we know in Game of Thrones, never a good idea. Don't go on the hunt. The hunt will never turn out well. It's like, don't go to a wedding and don't go on a hunt. Like, <laughs> come on, on people. On a- Drunken on hunt. hunting is not a good thing. Yeah. And it's expensive and it just, it always turns out bad, you know? Um, and so, uh, they go on this hunt and Millie's like, I've had it. Oh, she gets proposed to by, by, uh, Jason Big Ego Lannister or Big Golden Sword <laughs> Lannister or Spear. Here's my spear. Let me spear your daughter, Lannister. Uh, good to know that character traits run true. Right now, yep. there is another Lannister, Torland. I guess Torland. I think Jason so. and Tor, Tor, Tortellini. But, but Lannister. He, he's on the he's on the council. He's on the small council. Yeah, he's the one who's like, hey, we got to help in the Stepstones, and they have. It was interesting. Like the competing strategic interests here were like, well, the king is right. If he goes chasing after his brother, that is a weakness. However. The king is wrong because uh, the people are hurt, hurting. There are people being eaten by crabs. It's disgusting. Um, and so it's one of those things where, like, the, strategically everybody has a point. But at the bottom line, Torland Lannister is like, yo, you got to get out there and be king. Um, and that's ultimately, you know, a, a thought-provoking idea. Yeah. So Jason Lannister, a dick, no redeeming qualities. Um, but he has a tower uh, higher than the wall. Sure. Maybe that's the so biggest does my line. husband. No, it's just kidding. Bigger uh, than he said. It's bigger than yeah. than the old town, and it's it's taller than the wall or something like that. And I was like, yeah, that, yeah. That, what a, what are you talking about? Yeah, what are you exactly. compensating for? <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, this that's, prompts, that's the jacked uh, up Rhaenyra. four by four of uh, Lannister. Yeah. Right, 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 right. All right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Sends uh, sends Rhaenyra off into the woods. She's pissed. She rides a horse into the woods, and Sarah Kristen Cole of the Kingsguard follows her. Um, uh, oh, can, before we before yeah. we go that far, let's at least recognize the moment where Rhaenyra has an opportunity to just kind of shut down someone complaining about the king not doing anything in this war that's going on. Where she's talking with Alicent. Well, she's standing or walks into a conversation with Alicent and other ladies, including Lady Lady Redwine. It's, it's Fabulous the, name. It's the Crone Fabulous Circle. Name. Is what it is. It's the Crone Circle. Yeah, yeah. And Lady Redwine is suggesting that they need to do something and I, I just I think one of the best lines in the entire episode where she said and, and what have you done for the realms other than eat cake yeah, yeah. Shade. Rhaenyra is not afraid to show throw that shade well and I think that's important because it shows you that she hasn't shut down she's still like she's still there and she's still not taking crap yeah it it's just that like she's in a rough place right now, which we'll talk about more when we get to that part. Mm-hmm. So she runs off on a horse. Well, she she starts a fight with the king about how she what is she just a piece of meat for him to ponder off? Yeah. And then they come up about this white stag that showed up, and he goes to redress her, and she ninja poofed out of there. 
like he turns around and she's not there anymore. She's just gone. And now she's running out to her horse and that's when she run, rides off and Kristen Cole, Sarah Kristen Cole, chases after her into the woods. Yep. And then just to follow their thread through, they have like a little adventure. They have like a little overnight. They talky-talky. Um, we learn a little bit about Kristen Cole. Um, we learn a little bit about, um, you know, how mad she is. There's a whole interaction with a boar. Uh, which I thought was really cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and gory and appropriate. And, um, and she was allowed and to take out her, her frustrations. Like she went yeah. off on that boar. Like he stabs oh, us to yeah. the head, is still kicking, and she just. <laughs> I think he's dead. I think it's Yeah. Okay. The boar, the boar that, uh, meanwhile, just as a callback, she didn't really want to see get killed because they squeal when they die and it's inhumane and she just went off on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And, and again, the thing with Kristen is a cool relationship because I suspect at some point they will likely develop that relationship to be more personal. I don't know, but I think they probably will. And in fact, it's a relationship right now built on, I think, mutual trust and respect. How yeah. much do you want to bet uh, her? She's been given permission to marry and she's looking at right. that. Like, mm. Right. Yeah. Well, the, the, the problem with that is that she anointed him to the Kingsguard. The Kingsguard are chaste. They're, they have to swear a vow of chastity. Um. But it is interesting. Unless you want to bork your sister, then it's right, fine. Right. Um, it's, uh, they, they, they show when the king wants to find Rhaenyra in the beginning, at the, at the original feast, or first scene, he goes straight to Kristen Cole and asks him where Rhaenyra is. Like, it's known that Kristen Cole and Rhaenyra have spent time together. They have a comfortable relationship. And it, it kind of expands upon that, that, she needed someone when she wrote his name in the white book in the in the book making him a Kingsguard. Um, she needed someone who had had experience. She didn't want to play the game of politics. She wanted a people with actual experience, and he had no station until she got him on the Kingsguard. So now they've benefited each other, and now there's just a mutual admiration. And I, I really I, I like that. I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Let's, um, I know we're doing this chronologically and we talked about not doing these chronologically. Let's, let's go back to the camp and I'm still trying to figure out the whole dynamics of, oh, we found the stag and, you know, we're, we're going to go, we're, you know, this is perfect. It's a pre pre photo op photo op. Well, right, right. So um there there's that going on but there's more just more you know more wrangling going on back at the camp there's there's talk of how he Viserys doesn't really like Lannister I love the statement he said the man's pride has pride uh, That was a great and- <laughs> line <laughs> And then so now there's all this discussion about oh well who should we marry her off to which is Really uncomfortable because a first, then it goes to the Valerians, and then there's the suggestion that oh, well maybe 
You should betroth her to her brother. Half brother, technically, but same well, dad. Right. Yes. Same dad. Yeah. Same dad. Yeah. But then it, then it, the um, last suggestion is by the Tully, who instead of suggesting his own son, suggests, was it Damon Viserion? Um, the late... Corliss's son? Yeah, late... L- L- Larry I Valerian. forget his name. Larry yeah, Valerian. Larry. Yeah, one, of the, one of the Valerians. Lenore. Yeah, Lenore. Uh, and that's actually a really good suggestion, which, you know, it's funny. That guy was positioned in episode one, the Tully, as being kind of a will on one hand, but on the other hand. But as it turns out, he actually does give good advice. Like, that's good advice. But in the end, um, uh, Viserys is like, they make it so interesting. All of these, um, Targaryens are still making human decisions at certain key points, not ruler decisions. And so mm-hmm. he's like, no, I'll let my daughter choose her own because I love her, which is not a like if you're thinking about royalty, like that's not usually the answer. Right. So they're still trying to hold on to these little bits of their humanity. Uh, and each time they do, they make a terrible decision for the realm or power or whatever. Like that's so far the overwhelming lesson of this show, which is like, don't do what's right for people. Right. Well, well. speaking of getting schnockered, uh, <laughs> or speaking of being human, he gets completely schnockered. Oh, yeah. yeah. After all this, like, it's, he's being human and it's, he's showing his humanity, I think, because it's all too much for him to deal with. He's a man who happens to be king that doesn't like to make decisions. <laughs> Yeah, and Wrong I think job, dude. I, I think this goes back. You know, we were, last episode we were talking about the Iron Throne and how, like, things are. You know, he keeps getting poked by the Iron Throne. Well, there is an idea that the Iron Throne has in it the will to punish anyone who sits upon it that is not worthy of the throne. And here you have Viserys, who can't make a decision to save his life. He's not a strong king. He's not a strong father. He's not strong in any real aspect of it, and he's got a wound on his back that won't heal. And as we find out in this episode, he's now lost two fingers to gangrene from this damn chair. So maybe that's it. Maybe this fact that Viserys is such a poor leader that the throne is punishing him for not being a stronger king. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And uh, he gets drunk and he weeps with his what if I was wrong? And he's like, uh, I want them both to be king. You know, like he gets a little maudlin um, and then has to go out and do this non-photo op photo op with what turns out to be not the white heart. Right. Which nope. is really interesting. They like, they're like, well, close. And he like. Looks like a guy who definitely doesn't even want to do this because it's, it's so. Cool. Well, he's hung over as hell. Yeah, yeah, but it, also it seems pointless. And the white know. the white stag is supposed to be the sign of, you know, the the kingdom is choosing its ruler. You know, the spirit right. of the land is choosing its ruler. And guess and, who sees it? Right, and it it appears to Cole and Rhaenyra as yep. they are overlooking the camp, about to descend the hill with their their prized uh, uh pig 
Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. And she's like, no, don't kill it. Yep. Um, not that he was going to catch it. it with a sword, but whatever. No, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. But meanwhile, the king actually unable to properly kill the stag. Yeah. Now, like, is that the king's fault or is that, that Lannister spike? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Depends on how thronesy the Game of Thrones is, right? Um, but and I, they all uh, applaud as the second, st- the second time he gets it. Oh, yeah, God, yep. it's so it sad. Talk about a fading so rule. Pathetic. Yeah. Um, yeah, Viserys isn't long for this story. I don't think. No. And then, uh, so in comes, uh, Rhaenyra the next day with her boar to feed the camp. Covered, for her. covered in blood. Just covered in blood. Like I definitely killed this thing and it almost killed me, which is like the whole definition of like cool ruler or whatever. Uh, so that was awesome. Uh, and you're definitely seeing someone is growing into a role and someone is growing out of it, right? Um, and then we switched to my favorite part of this episode. All of this was just sort of like lovely, uh, melodic, uh, sort of like semi-violent with the animals. And then you We're just not end ready. up. Did, did, We're not ready. Did, did I miss a, a transition to Matt Smith, but? No. Well, I, I'm doing it. What are we talking about here? We're, we're not ready. We're, we're not ready yet. We're not ready yet because there's a very important conversation. Well, we can go back to it. What's what's the conversation? I thought we were going non-linearly. Cut this out. This has been totally linear, unfortunately. But um, there's an important conversation between Viserys and Rhaenyra. And, you know, we're back again to her – Thinking, you know, she's getting married off. Otto is trying to convince Allison that Viserys should have that Aegon should be the king, and you need to push the king to make your son um, the his heir. And then Renera and the king have a conversation where she's like, you know, her chip is on the shoulder on display. And he reaffirms, I have no intention of taking your throne, you know, your, what's been given to you away. I am still Except for last sticking <laughs> by that. Now, that's yeah. for this episode, right? Like, we'll yeah. see how long that stands. And also, but- this conversation is only two years overdue. Yeah. Like, see previous comment only- about him not being a very good dad. Right, right. Well... Exactly. But, you know, she's going through her teens and she's being all pissy and everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this, this I think, was an important conversation because this sets her up, I think, to now, like, try again. Now she can't just go sulk about stuff. Now she can go try. Fair enough. All right. Now, Jenny... Your oh, what about okay Matt's now. ass? Okay, so <laughs> I've not recovered from seeing Matt Smith's ass. Um, <laughs> it's just gonna be a continuous, a continuous jab. Yeah, I just well, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, you've got the council high on a hill here with their sixty knights or whoever sell swords and whatever. 
who are basically like, this is not going well. It's Damon's fault. Uh, the sea snake remains loyal to Damon and they're all just bitching. And then Damon shows up and finds out a crucial decision the king has made in the previous moments, which is he's going to send help. Uh, I think it was like 2000 men and a bunch of ships. And instead of being grateful, uh, Damon punches the lights out of and almost kills the messenger. Don't kill the messenger. And he almost kills the messenger and then literally stalks off. And uh, you realize this is because his brother is key perceives it as his brother coming to bail him out. Whereas the brother perceives it as I will do this despite weakness. So they keep trying to all do the right thing. And it's being interpreted wrongly, like these people clearly need a rock group therapist, you know? Right. Because they all have a chip on their shoulder. They're seeing it through their their own lens. Yes. They are not, as they say in the corporate world, assuming good intent. They are not aligned. They are not any of the things that you're supposed to be to have a good outcome in, in a, in a ruling, uh, uh, situation, but so. even even if even if Viserys was seen, or uh, even if Viserys was sending the aid in the best of intent to help his brother out, Damon isn't going to see it that way because this is Damon's chance to prove himself worthy. And if Viserys has to bail him out, then he loses all of what he just he's been fighting for three years for. Yeah, because that he's not worthy. So he has to prove himself worthy, which means he has to finish this fight before the 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 reinforcements arrive. And it's added pressure because clearly, like the Valerian troops are also not uh, happy with how he's running things either. Right, Corliss and his brother have an argument before Damon gets there about sowing seeds of, of mistrust and doubt within the troops. But they come up with an interesting plan that curiously is almost exactly what Damon ends up executing. Yep. I wonder, had they planned it or did he just go off in kamikaze and they were like, oh, he's doing our plan and ran off. For us. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. They're they like, we need to send somebody to sacrifice sacrificial. Who's an idiot enough yeah. to do it. Right. And it, it is very like lone soldier against the group. And he really doesn't think anybody's coming. So I guess that answers the question. Uh, and it's a pretty impressive scene of him cutting down a bunch of people and then getting pinned down by the arrows and he's in a lot of trouble and then all it draws everybody out of the caves though. So they all want a piece of this guy and then wham, bam, boom, uh, rescue from above. (laughs) Dracarys. Yeah. Um, and it's very cool to see the dragon riders, the Valerian dragon riders, right? I didn't realize they also had dragons. I thought they had ships. Yes, some of them are dragon riders as well. They're because they they have that old Valyrian blood. Um, but I thought that they were. I guess back in High Valyria, they didn't have dragons. That's what the Sea Snake was saying. Like we had to work for it. We're the second sons of right. Blah blah blah. We were not the dragon riders, but they became the dragon riders. Yeah, and Le- so then they just and Lenore's dragon, which is the one that you know he's he, Lenore's flying around. Basically taking pop sh- pot shots at at, at all the, you know the archers and everything else that are set up along the hills and all that kind of stuff and doing a lot of the damage here. Um, his dragon is oh I can't find the name now, but it's something cool. It's this gray I think it's dragon. It's like Risperdal or Lexapro. Sea smoke. 
Sea smoke. That's right. Sea smoke. Sea smoke. Yeah. Is, <laughs> the names you were suggesting sounded like, I don't know, pharmaceuticals. They're medications. Th- those are the medications I'm on. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I know people on those too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the uh, modern age candy. Here, son, that's right. Take it's not dragons. Shut up. It's meds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, this is great. It's a great little battle scene. It's very well executed. And then Damon goes in and gets the crab feeder and cracks him. I kind of wish we got to see some of that. I mean, they didn't yeah. develop the crab feeder enough that I really cared, but I kind of wanted to see something there, not just him going in and then coming out with half a body. There is a change from the literature. The literature says that Damon um, beheaded the crab feeder. Here, well, he he be, be torsoed him. Yeah, he here he severed him in half and drug him out through the water with half his torso. And trails following. Yeah, it was Delightful. it was glorious. And it was clearly a battle. I wonder if they actually did shoot a battle and it was like a little too gory. Or the episode is just too long. Yeah. Or it was yet another scene that I wouldn't have been able to see anything because it was in a cave. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> um, so that was like really that battle and the way it was executed and the rescue from above without whatever you want to call it was really one of my favorite things about this episode because – like all the episodes so far have kind of been a little bit talky in character development, which is fair. You're reintroducing us to this world. And now, um, you know, uh, uh, now that we've gotten past a basic bro's guide to the patriarchy and why is bad, um, <laughs> you are uh, allowed to get into the action. Um, and yeah, I thought, and this is going to change the way Damon relates to everybody because now all the ships sailing there look like a bunch of a-holes. Oh, you came to take us home. We finished this war, you know? Yeah. And so now you have, have a pyrodynamic three ways, right? You have the, you have Damon who just finished off, you know, the crab feeder and all that down there. You have Rhaenyra who is coming to her own and people are recognizing that. And then you have the other part of the kingdom that are trying to do the laws of, of gods and men who think that Aegon should become Aegon the second of his name and become king because he's the rightful heir as the firstborn son or the eldest born son, I should say. Um, yeah. It's so, funny. They, they keep on calling him the firstborn son, which bugged me. Right. Yeah. Cause he's not the firstborn. He's just the, oldest surviving son right yeah so i mean that too is and kind of when, when they arrive when they arrive at the carnival i keep calling it a carnival i know there's a better name for it but that's what it reminds me of when they arrive at the carnival <laughs> and at the camp at the encampment yeah and the hand uh welcomes you know the king and the family and everything else he actually says aegon targaryen second of his name which is not a title given him until he ascends to the throne. So it's kind of like he's already announcing it's a foregone conclusion that Aegon is going to take the throne. So I, I know a woman who's going to protest quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, so that basically wraps this episode. This, I thought this had a lot going on. 
and it, it developed characters. We, we saw the end of at least this battle in, uh, but what is the stepstones? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yep. And so this kind of sets us up for everything going forward. Did you have any behind the scenes comments, Jenny? I have one. Uh, I don't have any because I just zoned it out because I was just the same three guys. What are they doing? Although plus uh, that Smith. Oh, I missed that. Talk to me. Oh yeah, so they they included someone from the cast this time, as they occasionally do. Uh, this time, if I recall correctly, it was only Matt Smith, so it was all men. Yeah, reinforcing your concerns about the whole thing. And I know I've been talking about how great an actor Matt Smith has been and how well he's done portraying this character and others in the past. And he had a moment as Matt Smith, not in character, talking as Matt Smith, the person with Matt Smith's persona and Mm -hmm. education level and uh, elegance or not. And he's talking about how this character was doing this thing irregardless Yes. Oh my God. I noticed that. I did notice that. Irregardless. Who did not catch that? The situation. Oh my God. How did you leave that in? Yeah. He's like, well, you know, the problem is that te- technically the Oxford English Dictionary or somebody has given up and put irregardless in. Oh the yeah. Dictionary. No, it, 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 it's, it's just kind of like literally means not literally. Yeah. Now. But oh yeah. give me a break. It's it's ooh, irregardless is one of those words where I'm like <laughs> and I your entrails spill out. Uh, <laughs> irregardless seems um, like a, your guys' version of nondescript for me. Yeah. It's just like nope. No. Um even worse, so, undescribable. I'm just so tired of all these men talking about it. Although I did see that Miguel Sapochnik uh or Sapochnik? Uh, left the show. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm tired. And in his place, they hired Alan Taylor, another dude, another middle aged white guy. Yeah. I mean, hey, they're the guys with all the experience, right? That's only gonna, that, that, that excuse only lasts, uh, <laughs> about three nanoseconds at this point. Yeah. I know. So, um, so anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, he was exhausted and didn't want to do it anymore and fine. So, uh, uh, we have more of the same. Uh, we went to patriarchy class. We learned about our patriarchy problems and now we are going to write a very surface level thing about it. Yay. Okay. So first of all, we were introduced to the story and the timeline and the basic characters. The second one, we kind of got more about the characters and their internal dynamics and who's on what side. This third, episode really gave us a lot of character development and you can see it leading into something finally i think we have a well-grounded first three episodes that gave us everything we need to be at least semi-vested into the rest of the story where do we think it's going to go next like what where how how much action are we going to see between this and the next three episodes i think we'll see plenty of action because otherwise they're going to <laughs> not keep people interested. Uh, this is a game. I think we've had this discussion, Anthony. This is a game I don't like to play. Um, I, I I don't read theories about what's going to happen in a show because 
I generally don't like that type of spoiler, but I mean, I, you know, we're obviously going to have a battle between Rhaenerys and Damon and Aegon for the throne at some point in time. Maybe not all at the same time, maybe at various points in time. And, um, I don't know. Want to make predictions? Anyone want to predict if it'll happen this season? Let's, let's do that first. Will we get one of them on the throne by the end of the season, do you think? Yes. Yes. I think so, too. Because that'd be weird not to. I think so, too. I, I will I go on. I think he's going to be in diapers. Yep. I'm going to go on and say that I think Aegon is going to be uh, at least anointed to the throne by the end of the season. Yeah. Whether he can keep it is another question. Right. Because um, he can't even not crap himself and the other two have dragons. He's eating porridge with his hands. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, his his um, relatives. No, no, he's got power center and all the men in the kingdom are like, yeah, baby. Literally <laughs> a baby. Yeah. I mean, both both his um, his sister and his uncle had temper tantrums in this episode. So that's right. You know, he's in good company. You're, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, um, uh, so far this <coughs> these episodes just keep getting better. I like this one a lot. I thought it was great. Um, any final thoughts? Final thoughts? No, I'm I'm loving this one. Uh, this went faster for mm-hmm. me than the previous two episodes. I mm-hmm. was surprised this one was over already. And I think so far it's been the longest. Yes, it, yes. it has been the longest. It did seem to pass the quickest. Um, I'm going to say that uh, Rhaenyra is still my favorite character, but I'm really starting to like, uh, I'm getting, I don't want to say like, I'm getting more interested in uh, Kristen Cole's storyline and where it's going to take him. And yeah. this the the dynamics that might come into play with him being a member of the King Guard, King's Guard, and also being loyal to Rhaenyra. I think that's going to be a very interesting story to play out. I totally. And don't to forget that the whole Game of Thrones uh, motto: "Nice guys end up dead." Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh-huh. Heads on spikes. Uh-huh. Heads on spikes. I about that. Yeah. Right. About never, that. never date a nice guy in the Game of Thrones, and, yeah. and, unless you want to be a widow or widower. Uh, sure, sure. Jenny, where can people find you? Oh, J-E-N-N-I-E-J-23 on Twitter. That was simple. Richard? Richard Gunther at Twitter. There you go. And I am at Ethan Kane, just to break the cycle. And so you can many find names. The, and you can find the show at About Thrones for updates on everything we want, we're going to be doing with the show. So... Catch us next time, and thank you. Hopefully you survive your personal Game of Thrones this week. (laughs) Whatever that may be. That sounds much more exciting than my real life really is. Awesome. Guys, I gotta bounce. Yep. Yep.